Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast. This is myself, Jake Milham. And you know what? I recorded today's episode and I thought back on it. I was like, you know what? These, my listeners, they're, they're busy folks. They deserve a breakdown of what they are going to hear from the podcast in the coming week. So on Sunday, I, I released two episodes. I hope that you've listened to both of them. First, we had Just Baseball's Jared Perkins on the podcast to talk about some of the best performing prospects and some of the worst performing prospects in the Royals system. Then plus, Jeremy, or excuse me, Max joined me, not Jeremy Greco. Unfortunately, he's under the weather. That's why I haven't heard from him lately. Max Reaper, the Royals Review Editor, joined me for Sunday's episode as well to talk about some of the stuff that we're seeing at the Major League level. But I do have three more episodes coming for you this week. Now, it's not the normal analysis or news that you might be used to, but I think that these are three very exciting episodes coming up. So today, let's be let's be transparent. On Tuesday, I recorded with Nicholas Batters. He is the Omaha Storm Chasers you know, voice in the booth. He is also their PR guy. He wears a lot of hats with that organization. We'll talk about that more during the episode, but also I have two more very special guests coming up. Those episodes will release on Thursday and Friday, respectfully. And it's, I think it's gonna be a good time. I think the listeners will very much enjoy what we talk about who comes on the podcast and you know what if you don't please let me know you can leave a review for me on your podcast feed or you can dm me mention me on twitter at royal rundown pod we try to engage with everyone out there and we just really want to have a good time and talk about some kansas city royals baseball but let's go ahead and roll right into this episode with nicholas batters Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jacob Milham, and I have a very special guest joining me today. He is the voice behind the Omaha Storm Chasers, and that is just one of the many titles that he has with that team. It is Mr. Nicholas Batters. Nick, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Jacob. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I, I know you're a busy guy. Um, you're busy enough that you're not even with the team right now. What's up with that? Yeah, I don't travel for every road series. There, there are some the, the the bus trips. So like St. Paul and Des Moines, I've been traveling with the team. Uh, but some of the other flights, I'm I'm staying back here broadcasting the games remotely, just watch the MILB TV feed like you guys, and, mm. and handling some other duties around the office. Goodness gracious, I I couldn't imagine the delay on that though. For it's not for too bad. Budget. It's maybe thirty seconds. Oh, okay, that's yeah. not too bad. Yeah. Do you remember all the issues that they were having um, when COVID first started up and they had people like announcing games from their uh, basements and stuff like that? I do. Yeah, that was a very interesting time to be a broadcaster because I was, for context, I worked a year in the Twins organization in 2019. Okay. I was with the Elizabethan Twins in the Appalachian League, uh, and I was actually hired by the, the Twins club in Fort Myers, their high A team at the time. They were the Fort Myers Mighty Muscles I was going to be their number two broadcaster in 2020, uh, but I hadn't actually yet moved out there. So I hadn't yet started with the team. Uh, so it was kind of just this awkward time where I unemployed and I'm seeing these broadcasters for all different minor league teams trying to do anything to find a way just to be calling games. Uh, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to be able to go to Australia for a second time that off season, but um, that, oh, was, wow. uh, that was an interesting time. Yeah. 
It certainly was, but hey, I I hope from my gut and with my with my heart that we are done with having to deal with uh, with all of that mess, to say the least. Um, for folks who aren't familiar with you, um, what year did you start with the Naturals? My first year with Northwest Arkansas was 2021, so I spent two seasons with the Naturals before joining the Storm Chasers. Okay, gotcha. And there you, you had the same litany of duties, like you're the communications director and and the voice in the booth, right? Exactly. Yeah. And here I've added on some, some responsibilities with, it's funny. I did, I did more social media and graphic design in Northwest Arkansas hmm. and, and still a good amount on the PR side, but maybe a little less. And here it's more PR focused and I'm helping out with the, the team's travel coordination a little bit since I'm not directly there kind of overseeing things. Okay. Gotcha. Which do you prefer more PR or more graphics? I do like the PR side, being able to kind of not, it's not having control, but I'm, I'm everything that is going out from a PR standpoint, uh, all the, all the press releases, all of that comes through me. And I, I do like having, being able to be that, that filter of what goes out and, and being able to interact with the media, whether it's uh, interview requests and, and kind of just overseeing everything I do like. Okay. And you also, um, I do enjoy watching your videos with the, uh, with the players up there in Omaha. Did you do that at all with uh, Northwest Arkansas? A little bit. Yeah. The, the series that we have here with the storm chasers, chasers chat is really fun. Um, the, yeah. it's, it's a little different from, from what I did in Northwest Arkansas, because this is a sponsored segment. So it's, it's something that we have mm-hmm. a contract with a, with a sponsor to produce. Uh, basically we recorded every homestand and then release it during the, uh, during the off week or the, the, the road trip week, uh, Northwest mm-hmm. Arkansas, we didn't have anything that was sponsored from a, from an interview standpoint. I kind of trialed a couple of things at the end of the 2021 season. I did a, I walked the warning track with Vinny Pasquantino, which was fun. Um, oh, wow. And then at our park, they have uh, like a, they call it a train. It's like a riding lawnmower that's dressed up as a train that has cars attached to the back for kids to ride <laughs> around. I rode that with, with Clay Dungan, which was fun. Um, and then I, I tried a few different interview segments last year in Northwest Arkansas. Those are actually sponsored by an apartment complex company in Northwest Arkansas. And that was just once a month. I know I did. Let's see. I did. I wrote, I did that same train ride with Robbie Glinden in. Uh, I walked okay. the warning track with Logan Porter. Um, I played, I played Mario Kart on the video board at the ballpark with Jonah DePoto. Um <laughs> I, I, uh, gosh, I did Wii Bowling with John Bolin, which was fun. That um, is fun. And then I played, we had a, the Naturals have like a little mini golf course um, out in the kids zone. I did that with Walter Pennington, which was a good time. Um, but this is the, the Chasers chat is more structured. It's sitting down. Let's get to know you a little bit on the field. Let's get to know you a little bit off the field. Right. Uh, and we're, we're probably recorded to pull back the curtain a little bit. Those we probably recorded for 10 or 12 minutes and are chopped up. Our fantastic video multimedia coordinator, Clayton, he kind of chops that up into like a rapid fire four or five minute video. Um, so a little and, different than what I did in North, but also kind of similar. Okay. I mean, hey, that just gives you more of an opportunity to actually get to know the players as, you know, as people outside of just uh, seeing them, seeing them on the field. Exactly. Yeah. And I have the, the podcast here with the Storm Chasers, the Stormcast, not to promote my own thing, but. <laughs> no, please do. But, please. But do. yeah, we have the, the Stormcast and that's, that's again, every other week we record an episode while the team's at home and then release it the next week. Um, I'm trying to think this season, I started off talking with Mike Jershley. Uh, which was a fantastic conversation. I talked with uh, 
our creative content manager, Alex Cedar. He designs the, he, he's our graphic designer for the team and, and he designs all the theme jerseys the team wears. Uh, nice. I talked with Brooks Krisky, one of our pitchers. He pitched in uh, Japan last year, which is a, a really Ooh. cool aspect of his career. Uh, he's also with, your pick for a pitcher of the week, if I recall yeah, correctly. He, he, he was my pitcher of the week this week. Three shutout innings, five strikeouts. Uh, and he would probably attribute that to the fact. I, well, I had, him, I had him as a pregame guest this past week for the pregame show. And he, he was a pants up guy. He'd wear his pants up high to show his socks for the first okay. two months of the season. And then he put his pants down this week for the first time this season. And he has probably his best week of the year. And I asked him, he said, yeah, I was never a pants up guy before. I don't know why I did that to start the year. <laughs> okay. Hey, Brooks is great. Base, baseball players are a whole different superstitious breed. I will say that. So yeah. hey, if that, if that means he's performing better, I can't, uh, can't fault him one bit at all there. Not me either. And I, I will say I got to double down your endorsement of, um, of the storm chasers podcast because i i do occasionally listen to your episodes but i really got hooked on it with the game recaps and things like that like that is a huge um i know that's a huge burden to do for each single game you would be amazed at how well i can read an audio waveform and i could be like yep that was that was a run scoring play and i can kind of i mean it's probably maybe 15 minutes that I can just sit through and chop up the game file because I can scrub through really quickly. And this is, this is because this was something Jake Eisenberg did his, his couple of years in Omaha. And he kind of gave me some guidance on how to approach it. And, and it's honestly pretty straightforward because when, when an exciting play happens or something that is worth including in the game rewind, I can see that I'm not pausing in my speech and I'm consistently talking and maybe I'm talking a little louder and more exciting. So I can look for those chunks of audio that are, like 20 seconds condensed a little louder. Okay. 90% of the time, I'm probably right about what that play is. Plus I have my scorebook in front of me so I can kind of match it up to what was happening in the game with, with the audio file. That That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And I, I will say when you're chopping up audio from a baseball game. So I've never, I haven't had the privilege of like having, you know, a good setup. It's always been like my audio merged in with the crowd noise and things like that. Yeah. A consistent drone of the, of the crowd can get a lot after a while, but I imagine you're probably just pulling from your own audio, right? Yeah, exactly. I well, it's it's nice. We we got a new uh, because the the Storm Chasers used to be on a terrestrial radio station in Omaha, and moved to internet streaming this year for the audio broadcasts. And and with that, we had a chance to buy a buy an audio board suited for internet streaming. And the, mm. the device that we got is a Rodecaster, and that's that's great because we can record my audio separately from what is the crowd audio. Uh, so those are those are separate audio files that I have, and I, I'm not usually messing with those too much, um, but it does allow me when needed to be able to play around the levels a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, hey, we've, we've probably gone off enough about the technical stuff here. Um, for for our listeners, they, they might not know who you are. Um, could you give us a little bit of background about where you're from, where you went to school sure. at, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So Again, Nick Batters, I grew up in the Bay Area. It's kind of 30 minutes east of Oakland. I grew up a big Oakland A's fan, actually. Mm. Uh, but my dad, funny enough, is from Omaha. Uh, he was <laughs> he was born in born in Kansas City, lived a couple years in Manhattan, Kansas, and then grew up in, in Omaha. And so my first minor league baseball games were actually at Rosenblatt Stadium, 
watching wow. the Omaha Royals. This is this is like 2005, 2006, maybe. Um, and I, I grew up a big A's fan. I knew I wanted to work in sports. Wasn't going to play in high school. So I went to Arizona State to study sports journalism. I tried a little bit of everything, and I still try and use some of those skills where I can, whether it's photo, video, writing. I did a lot of production and, I, again, anything in the sports media landscape, different sports to broadcast. I tried a little bit of everything, but baseball broadcasting was what I liked the most. And while all of my friends the summer between my sophomore and junior year were off working in the Cape Cod League, I went and worked in independent baseball in a league that nice. no longer exists, the Pacific Association. I worked for the Sonoma Stompers for a season as their broadcaster. And I did, it was 80 games of play-by-play solo, which is uh, for, for young broadcasters out there listening, the best way to get better is to just do it. Just get as many reps as you can. And it's, again, I would have loved to work on Cape Cod, but that's 40 games and you're doing half of the innings. So that's basically the equivalent of 20, 20 games of innings, mm. four times that. And, and yeah. it was professional baseball. I was so, uh, that was pretty cool. And I was going to go back to Sonoma, but it was it was pretty late in the spring of 2019. Um, I interviewed for a position and got offered the job as the voice of the Elizabethan Twins in the Appalachian League. Okay. Which is, that's, a, that's a really fun league. And that was a fun year to be in the Appy League because I'll tell you what, my least favorite team to play in that league was the Burlington Royals because that was a team that had Michael <laughs> Garcia and Vinny Pasquantino and Michael Massey and Logan oh. Porter and Angel Serpa. And my goodness, I thought they were going to run away with it. They had Drew Parrish. Drew Parrish was ridiculous that year. Um, I thought wow. they were going to run away with the league title. They didn't. Um, but uh, they, I mean, they still made it to the championship series. And they lost a few pieces along the way. And I know they, they played a long extra inning game in the semifinals, but mm. that was really fun. I, in, in the Twins organization, but uh, in between, I went out to Australia for a year to work in the Australian Baseball League uh, for the Melbourne Aces. I just, I applied for a position as their broadcast intern and I, I broadcast the home games on radio and, uh, and that was really fun. I was going to go back to the States work in the Florida state league. That didn't happen, but I stayed working for my team in Australia, the aces. I worked remotely for them throughout the pandemic Nice. And because of that. They ended up being able to bring me back out for the 2020 21 season. So I was in Australia from November of 2020 until about it was early April of 2021, and while I was out there, uh, and I the the story is it's still really fascinating to look back on. But early January, I get a call out of the blue, and I don't know if I've told this story in full. But in early January of 2021, I get a call out of the blue from a number that I don't know, and it's a it's a guy named Phil Dale. He's the the Royals Pacific Rim scouting coordinator, and he 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 has he has a he has a few sons. Two of them played for my team in Australia, Ryan who used to be a prospect, Ryan Dale used to be a prospect in the Royal system and Jared Dale, who's a minor league with the Padres. Um, but his, his sons played for my team. I, I still haven't met him and I feel terrible about that. We, we just, we were in Arizona at the same time this past spring training and just barely missed um, crossing paths. Um, but I, Phil calls me up and says, Hey, you're looking for a job. And I said, I, I've interviewed for one job, but uh <laughs> Yeah, if you have if you have a lead, let me know. Uh, and it was conveniently around that time the Northwest Arkansas broadcaster Benjamin Kelly um, left the team, and so it was around this time that we make, came in contact that uh, Northwest Arkansas had a job opening. And from my vantage point, he he reached out to the Naturals GM, 
put me in contact. There were, there were a little, it was a little more, um, there was a little more effort behind the scenes. I did not realize um, that involved Nick Lito, who's now the manager of minor league operations. Um, at the time he ran the Arizona complex, he, he knew Phil, oh. and he put Phil in contact with, with the naturals, but I played email tag with the GM there, Justin Cole for a couple of months. And, and then in late March interviewed with him and their, their PR director, Dustin. And, and then in early April, it was, Hey, how soon can you get out to Arkansas well, <laughs> I'm on the other side of the world? So give me a couple of weeks. Uh, so I, I, I booked a flight for that weekend, drove out or flew out to California, uh, back home, the parents bought a car, drove out to Arkansas for the 2021 season. And I was just a seasonal intern, basically, with the Naturals that year. I only broadcasted home games, and I drove okay. myself to a few road games. And then they hired me full-time after the season. Uh, so I, I broadcast the full slate of Naturals games in 2022, and I realized I'm giving a very long-winded answer to my background. Yeah. But I, um, I, I became very close with Jake Eisenberg in the couple of years that I was – in Northwest Arkansas, just the the proximity of a double-A broadcaster and a triple-A broadcaster talking with all the roster movement. And yeah. um, and so when he got the – I was actually in town when he got the Mets job. Um, and oh, I wow. was I was in Omaha. It was, it was unfortunately for my grandpa's uh, memorial service, but uh, the Royals had their uh, – it was like Chasers on Deck event, like their preseason fan fest basically – um, and so I stopped at that and, but a couple of days ago or a couple of days before that, Jake and I went to dinner and he, he, he told me and, uh, I, it was basically on my radar that there was a chance Omaha would open as an opportunity, but I didn't really know for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. and then they, they formally announced that he was leaving and, and I went through the application process, the interview process, just like anyone else would. Um, and I think my ties to the Royals organization, my ties from a family standpoint to the area, um, it just it it was a natural fit for both sides, uh, yeah. And and now here I am. And and to be clear, it is it, it is not supposed to work like this. And I know Jake has said this before. Like his position of being the AAA broadcaster, going to the major league club of that affiliate, that doesn't happen. Right. There are probably he's one of maybe two, possibly three major league broadcasters that call games for their club's AAA team, and so that's rare. It's almost more rare for a broadcaster to go from double a AA to triple a within the organization because all of these teams are run independently yeah um, and like i'm an employee of the storm chasers not the not the royals but for both him and i to be able to move up in the organization at the same time is really really special that that it is and it certainly makes for a, a great story and i i think that's something that royals fans will appreciate like years down the road um and i just i, I love that story thank you so much for for giving us your your full background yeah we're gonna take a quick ad break coming up on the other side of this i'm gonna nerd out a little bit with nick here about the sonoma stompers of all things and then also we're gonna talk about some of the on-field product up in omaha stay tuned And we are back here on the Royals Rundown Podcast. Jacob Milliam here with Nick Batters of the Omaha Storm Chasers. So, honestly, I had no idea that you were associated with the Sonoma Stompers at all. And I'm really enjoying this book that I'm reading about, like, how analytics came in, into that team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a as a baseball – I 
I title myself, I guess, as a baseball content creator. I think like that's the ultimate fairy tale is going from just looking at numbers to running a team. Um, how's your experience there in Sonoma? Independent ball is just a whole different, whole different thing, man. Indie ball is incredible. Is is the book that you're reading the only rule is it has to work? That is correct. One of one of the best books I've read, and maybe that's just my connection, but um, yeah, for those that don't know, there was a the 2015 season, basically a couple of baseball prospectus writers took over the baseball operations department for the Sonoma Stoppers, a very low-level independent team, yeah. trying to think there are all these crazy things that, that us baseball writers that, that dive into the numbers think could work. Can we actually <laughs> run a baseball team? And um, I was there a couple of years removed from all of the uh, the, the coolest things that they were doing, whether it's having, having – uh, Ben and Ben and Sam there, or mm-hmm. uh, I know they had, they had a couple of female players uh, between 2016 and 2017, uh, Kelsey Whitmore, Stacy Piagno. Um, but the year that I was there, 2018, they were the best team in the history of the Pacific Association, and it wasn't really? especially close. Um, there weren't any really big name players. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, in the league, the the San Rafael Pacifics, who ended up winning the league championship, had Chris Mazza, who's pitched some time in the big leagues. Okay. Um, Jared Jared Koenig uh, was with San Rafael. He debuted with the A's last year. Um, I'm trying to. I don't know if they were. I'll tell you what. We well, had a picture on our team. Cole Watts the, was a member the, of the, the 2019 Idaho Falls Chuckers. Um, gotcha. So probably the biggest name everyone knows from from that league would have to be Jose Canseco, right? Who would make random appearances. For yeah, teams. Jose Canseco randomly. He first randomly played for the Stoppers in 2015 and then made a couple of appearances for the Pittsburgh Diamonds um, in the years after. I was bummed. We never got to face him, uh, but it, that he was in that league. Travis Blackley, um, he pitched for oh. Pittsburgh. Then that Pittsburgh team was managed by Aaron Miles and and now we're getting into the, the weeds of random major league <laughs> players. J.P. Howell pitched against us, actually. Um, he played for San Rafael. That was really fun because indie ball, you can kind of – it's not that you can do whatever you want. I mean, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like we had a we had a sponsor whose son had played college baseball, and one day he was our DH and got a single in his one at-bat. And so his baseball reference page now says he has a 1,000 career batting average, which is super cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a cancer survivor that was our starting pitcher one day. Um, I mean, there there are just so many things that you can do, and and that was a league where everything is within an hour's drive, so it's all commuters. I mean, we're piled into a, a ten passenger white van driving <laughs> to and from games, and and man, when the the post game spread was pizza from the the pizza place around the corner, that was a good day. Uh, it was, <laughs> I mean, those are those are guys grinding just to get up to, to the Frontier League or the American Association or just playing baseball because they love it. That's true. There, there, were, there were some really good players and, and some really talented teams, like fun baseball to watch. Uh, that was – it's just – it's a very pure form of baseball. And, and to be able to have gotten my start there, being someone who grew up two hours south of Sonoma was, was really cool. That that is a very that is a very cool link. Yeah, I imagine it's the it's the nitty gritty bare bones version of baseball. And once you get yeah. down to the bones of baseball, it's it's all love from the players. And baseball is a game of of one to two degrees of connection at most. Either you know someone directly on the other team, or, or you know someone who knows that person, or someone who knows someone who knows this person. And my year there in 2018, Zach Pace was our manager, 
and he replaced a guy named Takashi Miyoshi, who had managed the Stompers for the previous three seasons, um, but then was hired by the Twins to be a coach mm-hmm. in their system. Uh, Yoshi, as the players call him, was my bench coach in Elizabethton in 2019. Really? So yeah, two, randomly, two Sonoma Stompers in Elizabethton, Tennessee, the summer of 2019. And I actually got to see him last year. We were playing in Wichita, and he was mm-hmm. their man. Wichita's manager, Ramon Borrego, was on his. I think most coaches get like a week or a weekend vacation during the season or just paid leave, basically. And yeah. his weekend of vacation, they brought up Yoshi, who was he was the bench coach for the club in Fort Myers. So he managed he managed the the Wichita wind surge the first couple of games that Northwest Arkansas played them in July. So we got to catch up and take a picture, and that was really cool. That's awesome. Even we were in Amarillo last year, and their strength coach was out for the week. And so they brought up a strength coach from the Arizona Complex League, a guy named Mitchell Ho, who was our backup catcher in Sonoma in 2018 it's base baseball just has this funny way of all everything connects weird that is so weird they yeah you could just connect years down the road and just the common denominator is baseball in sonoma that is that is absolutely wild i bet i bet you never thought you would run into folks from that team again no yo i figured i I mean i hadn't met yoshi i figured there was probably run into him at some point down the road Mm -hmm. i wasn't sure if i'd ever run into anyone else fact that I, it's been a couple is really cool. Well, that is very cool. That is very cool. All right. So I, I had to bug you about that. No, Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about, about the Storm Chasers themselves. Um, I know we already talked about Brooks Krisky being your choice for pitcher of the week. I believe Johan uh, Camargo. Is that how you Johan say it? Camargo. Camargo. Thank you very much. Yeah. I always want to add like an another R in there for some reason. Yeah. Um, but what, what made you pick him? I got to ask. Uh, yeah, Yo- man, Johan Camargo. He has, he's gotten. A, he's played. It's a very small sample size. I think that's important to preface. It's a very small okay. sample size. He has played nine games for Omaha. His on base percentage is over five hundred. Uh, it Ooh. was, it was six hundred. Maybe it was over. I think it was over six hundred. His first seven games, something ridiculous. It was. He has as many walks as he did hits. Um, I mean, he he hit. 330 he he led the team in, in total bases and, and runs batted in and walks this past week um so he's not only getting on base he's getting on base multiple times every game and wow. as you know from from reading the only rules test work a lot of this comes down to on base percentage yeah on base um, and and he is getting on base and he, he can play all four infield positions i don't know where his where he fits into the landscape of the kansas city royals mm-hmm. uh, obviously he wants to get back to the major league level uh, but he is right now. He's he's happy. He's healthy. He's happy to be here. Um, yeah, he and it, really nice guy, and he's playing well. Awesome. Well, it's very very good to hear. And I do I do want to stress, like I don't think when I was more of a I I don't like using this word as much, but when I was more of a casual fan, when I was just tuning tuning into the Royals a, a couple of times a week and things like that. I never. It, I underestimated how much players move around at the minor league level. And there is so much major league talent waiting in the wings in Omaha at times. And Johan is probably a a great example of that. Um, I think, you know, like Robbie Glendening, him getting traded from the naturals and immediately, 
like just like that goes up to triple a norfolk which is my local team here um and does and does really good things for the tides there so there's there's talent waiting and things like that so that's why i really appreciate y'all putting out the uh the batter and pitcher for the week because as the broadcasters you get that first person experience with them on the field and, and, and that's a, a testament to Dave Holtzman. He's, he's a baseball information strategist for the Royals. He's, he, he's also the, the statistician for the Royals telecasts on, on Valley Sports. But uh, he, he kind of has taken a new role within the organization this year. He used to work in the PR department back in the, the 2000s and the 2010s for the Royals before moving over to Valley's and or at the time Fox Sports. But mm-hmm. he, he, he approached us pretty – it was about halfway through the offseason, uh, maybe a month or two into the job. And in, in, for me, the job, and, and he approached us with this vision he had for the Royals player development social media channels that, I mean, he had basically been given the keys to the kingdom by, by Mitch Meyer and JJ Piccolo for, for publicizing the minor league guys. And, and he has been fantastic in involving us broadcasters, myself, Sean Mernon in Northwest Arkansas, Kyle Kirchfall in Quad Cities, John Kosas in Columbia. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking with him multiple times a week about, about what's going on with our organization's sending him videos to post on, on social media, the clips from our, our games. Uh, and again, he's, he's reaching out because he knows that we're, it'd be very easy for them to just look at the numbers and say, Oh yeah, it was another great week for, and, and this is nothing to take away from what Nick Lofton and Dyron Blanco have done, but there's probably a case to be made that they could have been our player our, our hitter of the week every single week. Uh, <laughs> and I would, I would love to give them that recognition, but there are so many other players that are playing key roles. It's nice to be able to highlight all of the talent that is on the team, uh, both both hitting and from a pitching perspective. Again, like this week, Brooks Krisky flew really under the radar. He had a great week. Yeah, that he did. And I, I will say for Blanco, you probably have to make a third category. I think you have to put that under like base runner of the week or something like that. Then he would get that every single week. Dyron Blanco. And it's not just that he's I, – I, I've said this before, I think, on the broadcast and on, on Twitter – it's not just that he's stealing bases, but he's getting on base and putting himself in a position to steal bases. He has one of the highest batting mm-hmm. averages and one of the highest on-base percentages in a 20-team league. So not only is he he's getting on base consistently, but he's getting on base in a position where he's able to turn a walk or a hit-by-pitch or a single into a double, then a triple, and then score on a sacrifice. Fly, it's, it's the old Ricky Henderson thing. It's, yeah. it's so fun to watch him play. He can play all three outfield positions. And he was kind of, for lack of a better word, buried at the bottom of the lineup for a lot of the season because Samad Taylor is such a dynamic player. The same can be said for Nick Lofton, uh, Tyler Gentry, Nate Eaton, guys that need to be at the top of the lineup. Um, there kind of wasn't room for Dyrone, and he was just casually hitting sixth, seventh, eighth in the order and huh. was kind of our little secret. But now it's at a point where I think it just makes sense to have the one-two punch of Dyron and Samad because there's Ooh, yeah. 60 steals between the two of them. It's ridiculous. It is. It is absolutely crazy. And at this point in the season, I never would have expected any any minor league player, much less a, a Royals prospect for that matter, to have 37 stolen bags so far through the he's, season. Went, he's on pace to – because last year he broke the Storm Chasers, so looking at 2011 to present – he set the Storm Chasers single season steals record last year. Wow. And he is probably going to come close to breaking Omaha's. I mean, Grant, I ha- you, if he continues at the pace that he's on, he might break the AAA Omaha franchise single season steals record, which is 75, and that was set back in the 70s. 
So he, he'll probably end this season. I it would not. I shouldn't say probably. It would not surprise me if he ended the season as the all-time stolen base leader for Omaha and the single-season stolen base leader for Omaha. I mean, he's on pace wow. for 100 steals. I don't know if he'll keep up that pace, but we'll see. It's a, it, it's a heck of a pace to have this deep into the season, for lack of a better term. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. That is That is a very great point, Nick. Thanks for bringing that up. And especially looking at what he did last year, two-thirds of his steals were in the second half of this the season last year. He had like 15 wow. steals at this point last year. Granted, he, he spent a couple of weeks with a big league club but and some time on the, on the taxi squad, but my gosh. I mean, he, he, he is a special player to have here every single day. That is awesome. And that, you know what, that makes for some very exciting Storm Chasers broadcasts out there. I, I will say that. Absolutely. I do, um, before we get out of here, I do want to get your opinion on something. So you have seen a lot of Nick Lofton during your time in the Royals organization as a, as a broadcaster. Yeah. Um, and, and all we heard about this spring was him, you know, packing on all this muscle and just really filling out his frame like that. Um, how, how have you seen Nick grow as a, as a player and as a person muscularly, I guess? He, first off, one of the, the genuine most, most kind people. And I've, I feel like a broken record saying that there's so many good people (laughs) in the organization. Nick Lofton is, is no exception. He last year was a very interesting year for him, right? In 2021 with Quad Cities, he was kind of playing everywhere around the infield. um, And then playing everywhere infield and outfield. I mean, should he played five different positions last year? Um, And this year they've really kept it between second base and third base. And just being able to play consistently has done a lot for him. I think he has the arm to play third base. Um, mm. I'm not entirely sure what his long-term position is at the big league level. I don't know if it's a I, – I, I hate making player comparisons because I don't think that's fair to either player. But you, the, like the Whit Merrifield kind of thing where, where a guy can play all over the place yeah. might be where um, he makes his, his career as a major leaguer. But he's perfectly capable of, of being – an everyday guy um, there, there definitely has been an increase in power. I mean, it's he, he increased his power from 2021 to, to 2022, nearly doubled his home run total. Um, I mean, he's not stealing as many bases now just on account of maybe being a, a little bigger, um, but he can still run very well. He has, a, he has a good arm. He's, he's very clean defensively. Uh, he has, he's hitting for both contact and power. So uh, I think it's just once he's, once he's back healthy, once he's back to playing every day, uh, I really do think he'll. I really do think he'll make a a good good case to be called up at some point. Okay, and we will certainly be keeping track of that. And I I do have to plug it. Um, so one, I am actually talking to Mr. Holtzman tomorrow. Going to sit down and talk to him about his new role. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And then also, if you want to follow what that social media team is looking like, I know on Twitter at least it's Casey Royals PD. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. Are y'all on any other social media? Uh, the the Casey Royals PD, the Raising Royals account is Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you very much for that. And hey, before we get out of here, I love seeing your posts on Twitter about you got to get the ice cream and the helmet. It's uh, it's something I talked about with Jake Eisenberg when I when I sat down with him. But it seems like Omaha has a lot of flavors to choose from. It's not like you're just normal things. What, what's up with that? No, it is absolutely incredible, and I, I feel the need to preface this. I do it completely independently from Jake. Uh, yeah. which it's just it – is, it is such a, a funny coincidence. The Every baseball game that I went to as a kid, 
I had to get an ice cream helmet because it, like it's a built-in souvenir. You, you get you get a treat and a souvenir. It was the best of both worlds. I mean, the first first Oakland A's game I ever went to, I got the vanilla soft serve and the and the the green and gold A's mini helmet, and that kind of continued into into the Appalachian League in 2019 when every team basically sold dip and dots in a helmet in that league, oh. and every team had a different selection of dip and dots, and um, and that was interesting because we're playing three game series, so basically once a series. I'm getting myself dipping dots in a mini helmet. So uh, <laughs> I, I kind of came to the realization of, wow, this is a lot of ice cream to be having in one summer. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's make this just a once a week thing. And, and Sundays are usually day games. So it's, it's a built in good time, but yeah, there, there are a lot of ice cream flavors and it's, so if you ever come out to a game at Warner park down the right field line, it's one of the last concession stands or actually it is the last uh, prime time ice cream. And they have a I – I'm blanking on the, the brand of ice cream that they sell, uh, but the flavors rotate pretty much daily. Uh, wow. And it is, it is absolutely remarkable. It's usually – I usually have to make a choice between two or three different flavors. I'm trying to think. So far, I've had Superman, Salted Caramel Bananas Foster, Orange Sherbert, Orange Sherbert Brookie Dough Blast, and Superberry Acai. Um, and there, I get, there are so many flavors that I have kicked myself for not getting. It's just <laughs> what, what, which one is the best of all of the flavors yeah. available. Um, it's it's fantastic. I I'm, I love ice cream. I love being able to try different ice cream flavors, and um, it's just it's a good it's a good way to end the week. It gives it gives you something to look forward to, and everything tastes better when eaten out of a mini helmet, which is exactly. which, which I did get from Jake. That is scientifically proven. I've heard that uh, he's put the the Royals research department to to use on that. Yeah, Dave holds like, <laughs> and and it's just very wholesome. You know, we were talking about that earlier on. It's just very. It seems very very baseball thing, and I don't know if other sports really do that. Like you can't really do it with a football helmet. You'll have stuff leaking out of the face mask. Yeah, uh, but it's, anyway, it's again, what what makes baseball so great? That is very true. That is very true, Nick. Thank you again for for joining us today. I know this this ran a little long, so I do apologize for that. For all of our listeners out there who don't know where to find you on social media, but also where they can listen to you on on the web, do you mind telling us where they can find you at? Sure. Yeah, my, all my social media handles, at least Twitter and Instagram, are Batter Up Sports. B a d d e r u p Sports. Batter Up Sports on on Twitter and Instagram last name just kind of leans into it uh, yeah. but if you go to stormchasers.mixler.com so stormchasers one word dot m-i-x-l-r.com you can listen to the live audio of all of our games uh, you can also watch games for free with the bally's live app uh, which is fantastic so uh, you don't uh, you can pay for milb tv it's a fantastic product i mean it's a part of mlb at bat now and you can watch through mlb tv uh, but there's so many different ways to to watch games or just our website, omahastormchasers.com, we'll, we'll have the links to, to everything. Uh, we're always posting plenty on Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Nick Nick Batters, everyone, thank you again for, for joining us this afternoon. I know you got to get back to it. But to all of my listeners out there, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. And as always, thank you for your support. And until next time, go Royals!